Fantasy Focus Football. It is Friday, October 13th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico see all the ways that you could save. I am joined, as I always am, on a Friday by Field Jates and Stefania Bell. How are you guys doing so far today? Good. I think we have a uh, Shades of Grey color scheme a going here. Bit. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Question like for this. you guys. Do you believe in the mythical powers of Friday the 13th? Oh, wow. Depends. Ask I think in the, the, in the month the of October. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know what? I got to tell you guys something. So I used to, you know, I used to subscribe to all those things like, you know, Friday the 13th, bad luck, good luck, uh-huh. you know, rabbits put all that stuff. Loch Ness Monster. When we moved into our house that we currently live in, it was about three years ago. One of our neighbors has a black cat and this black cat comes onto our front porch Uh-oh. day and night, like three to five times a day. I can't tell you how many times I've walked past this black cat. I have no idea whether it's resulted in good or bad luck, but I've just given up on luck charms now since. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I am unbothered by you, Friday the 13th. I used to always step over top of the lines because you never wanted to step Don't on step the on line. Don't step on the crash. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yes. And I, I will say this. My biggest takeaway from this black cat is it is very hairy, and I'm constantly using a lint roller oh, yeah. on our outdoor furniture. dog. Uh, <laughs> Cisco. Cisco would not hurt. I mean, the, the whole expression would not touch a fly or hurt a fly was created for Cisco because of that. That's so, so cute. There uh, you go. Well, I think your luck's pretty good, Field. I'm oh, well, thank you, Starfinder. Okay. You're very kind. Family. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a star. That's Look at this. Snappy dresser. Wow. Did someone pay you something before no. the show? Do I owe you no. something? Did I do something wrong? No, but I've told if you put good out in the universe, in the universe, and universe and there's no bad luck. Oh, it's, it's reciprocal, right? Hey, not recidivism reciprocation that's right we are a learning yes we are yeah dummy mike clay did not know the word recidivism (laughs) yesterday while sitting in your seat so that's a thing i feel super lucky being able to do the show with you guys every friday like we always do we're going to dive into a big injury report stefania will make sure we have all the information needed to make sure our fantasy lineups are set right with some of the injured guys that we have plus we've got a thursday night football recap we're going to keep that as quick as possible it was not a super fun game and then we're going to dive into the rest of our week six preview part two but first stefania we're going to start with you, as we always do, diving into the Week 6 injury report. We got Saquon Barkley leading this thing off. We have not seen him since Week 2. Uh, I asked you in Week 4, will we have him back this week? I asked you last week, will we have him this week? Is Week 6 the week that we might see know, Saquon Barkley? I know. I'm, I'm not sure I want to give an answer anymore because, <laughs> look, this is a by-the-minute update on okay. Saquon Barkley. Okay. And I think what you have to look at is the big change across the the several weeks that he's had the injury. Each week he's done more. It started with him getting back to practice with individual drills, starting to do a little more with teamwork. Now he's doing yet a little bit more. And I thought he sounded a little dejected last week, maybe frustrated by how long this is taking despite his effort because he had some very good early progress. But guess what, folks? That's the nature of the way things heal. Sometimes you feel like you're moving at a fast clip and then other times it'll feel like a little tiny plateau. But I will say this. Yesterday, he talked about the responsibility of being a captain, uh, and he was trying to get back, doing everything that was asked of him by listening to the athletic training staff, uh, doing everything he could to get back. It sounded like a guy who was trying to convince everyone that despite the nature of a high ankle sprain, he's doing what he can to get there. The game is not until Sunday night. That is Mm. the challenge for fantasy managers. I think we're going to have a pretty good idea by the end of Friday's practice. Obviously, we record this at 11 a.m., so we don't have that information yet. Remember, I've talked about the average running back absence following a high ankle sprain being at 3.8 games. If he misses this week, 
this would be four games. So mm-hmm. he'd be a little bit over. But remember when he had this injury before, he came back at three after missing three and felt like he struggled. So I think we're in the vicinity, but everybody wants to be really careful that he just doesn't go out there and have a, have a setback. The yeah. Giants' schedule is something else right now, huh? Oh, man. He misses games against the 49ers, the Dolphins, potentially the Bills. I forgot who they played the week prior to that, but they lost that game too. And this what? is because Andrew Thomas is yeah. down there tackled, tackled the hamstring. Yeah, and so, totally. yeah. you know, for Saquon, that would could make his return that much harder. If you're wondering how I feel about Matt Breida, I feel the same way I have for the past, past couple of weeks. weeks. Yes. If yeah. you have to play him, God bless you. Yep. Hopefully you don't. All right, let's yeah. move ahead and talk about Austin Eckler. Stefania, it sounds like we're going to have Austin Eckler back in our fantasy lineups. Understanding that that is going to be the case, it feels like. What are you going to watch on Sunday when you're looking at Austin Eckler Monday. out on the field? Sorry, you're yeah, right. Monday, Monday night. night football. Yep. So this is one that you can feel good about, even though it's a late game. Now, he gave himself a 99% chance of coming back. So there's still that little 1%. We were trying to decide yesterday what that 1% what that could 1%? be accounted for 1% means by. that he gets, I think that he gets the full sign off the team's like, okay, fine, okay. you're off the injury report, you're ready to go. And also that nothing happens between speaking it into existence and the game kicking off on Monday night to change that plan. But look, he was injured week one, had, a, had an Austin Eckler-like beautiful performance, suffers a high ankle sprain. And then we saw his frustration, and Eckler is somebody who talks to the people who play fantasy and we appreciate that. But he talked about how difficult it was. Even when he got back into practice, he said at the time he could run full speed. This was last week, but he still was having some discomfort with uh, sharp cuts. He was still building back. So this week back in full practice, including sort of this bonus practice they get on Tuesday. So we have the benefit of him being out there a couple of times and moving well. And Chris Rim, who reports on the chargers for us now said he was out there making juke moves. So if you know about high ankle sprains, it's that pivoting, it's rotational movement that is the hardest thing to do. Knowing that he's making these little dodges and darts, the things he couldn't do before, mm-hmm. that's very encouraging. And you ask what I'm going to be watching for, it's does he look like himself? Is he playing the same way? There is typically a drop-off in performance metrics for the first week or two when running backs come back from high ankle sprains. But there are outliers. Mm-hmm. And Austin Eckler could very well be one could of those one outliers. Of those Again, going back to that 3.8, he'll have missed three plus the bye week. Yeah, okay. So that's four weeks. This will be week five. He feels good. Maybe the performance metrics don't drop off because he's had that time to get himself a lot better. would love to see that. and would love to have him back in our fantasy lineups, obviously. So let's talk about T. Higgins, Stefania. He's been dealing with a re- rib injury. What kind of progress has he been making? FYI, 24 ribs in the human body, 26 cows. <laughs> we established we, that. We figured that out yesterday. <laughs> Not 112 Not like we no. thought the other day. Yeah, okay. We've since refined our knowledge yes. on ribs, but 24 yeah, is the well, final answer. It was his first time for a rib injury, so I'm sure T. Higgins been researching it as well. Yeah. We talked uh, in the last show I was on about how he was having trouble sleeping on his right side and coughing, and th- you just are reminded at how painful these injuries are, and they limit every single thing that you do. He thought he might be able to go last week. Ultimately, he could not. Um, and he said it was basically a pain tolerance issue. I thought it was interesting this week talking to reporters. He said, you know, it's probably something I'll have to manage continually throughout the season. I don't know that it'll really last that long. He said he's never had a rib injury, so he's not really sure how long it's going to last. But he also said, no big deal. Fall down, bounce back up. I'll be ready to go. He's preparing himself for the contact, contact with others, contact with the ground. Mm. I, I like uh, his chances of playing limited two days this week. I I think he'll probably be out there. Back inside the top 20 for wide receivers. We are hoping that Joe Burrow's potential liftoff coincides with T Higgins potential liftoff as well. 
he had a lot of volume prior to getting hurt. It's just he was a super inefficient player. First three games, two duds, one really good game. I believe it was eight, eight, and eight straight tar- eight targets in three straight games. So it wasn't the volume that was the concern. If you tell me Teagan's getting, is going to get eight targets in a game, I'd tell you start him without any hesitation. I think this Bengals offense is ready for liftoff. I really do. Yeah, we will talk about them a little bit later in the show because they definitely look good last certainly looked, certainly looked week. like he'd made some significant progress. Yes, I love did. your socks, Daniel. Hey, you know what, Field? I was worried that we might not have Amon Ross St. Brown for this <laughs> game, and so I, I decided I was going to speak it into existence. I wore my Amon Ross St. Brown socks existence. today. Yeah. Stefania, is there a chance after not having him last week that because I wore these socks, so you are superstitious because of me, that <laughs> fantasy <laughs> managers will have him in their lineups here in week six? I think you deserve all the credit. Wow. Yeah, go yeah. tweet at Daniel yeah. Dopp. They say thank you. Yeah, thank you for exactly. That. I think Amon Ra said that he was waiting to see what you wore today That's what before it was. he committed to playing. But uh, abdominal strain suffered during the week four game and didn't play last week, but he had been running. Remember, we were talking about how great he said he felt while he was running and how fast he was running. Things that typically if you have a more severe abdominal injury you're not going to be able to do. Yep. So even though they held him out, and I think this was really the team also saying, hey, you know, uh, the medical Point staff the saying, let's well, not that. I mean, I'm I, saying I don't that. know that yeah. they said that, but they decided the risk versus the reward not there. Yeah. They listed him as doubtful. Mm-hmm. So for a guy who sounded that positive early in the week, that was a bit of a surprise. And that's what made me think, you know, this is the team just saying, okay, we're going to wait another week and then he came out and said i'm kind of glad i did mm. you know i'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad i did okay. i feel great he's back in practice um i think uh he, i was going to say too that dan campbell said he felt pretty good about him playing as early as tuesday oh wow so okay. i i think that we're looking at a very high likelihood that we see him on rusty brown what about darren waller because mm. darren waller has been limited at practice what's he dealing with stefania well it's funny because i, I wrote this down because it said uh, groin but he then oh <laughs> uh, here Ouch, we go yeah finger if you know you know um he said he was dealing with a groin injury but uh no Brian Dable said he was dealing with a groin injury and called him day to day he was listed on the injury practice report with a groin injury. But Darren Waller said it was part of the rest protocol that has been in place for him. And if you go back and look at the practice reports of the first few weeks, he has had some veteran rest days in there. That came as a result of, number one, he is a veteran who's a little bit older, but he's had these soft tissue injuries, including the hamstring issue that cost him significant time last year. And part of the preseason, remember there was... The flare up, there was the question, like, was it a new hamstring injury? And he said, no, this was more of a nerve thing related to scar tissue in his hamstring, which may sound serious, but it's actually fairly common and felt like he could manage that well. It was not a big deal. I think this is potentially all part of the same thing. Okay. So That's even though news. they play Sunday night, I feel more confident about Darren Waller's ability to take the field than Saquon's, for example. Okay. Ooh, that's wow. Interesting. All right. right there. Yeah. That's really good for us. I mean, tight end has been a really tough position. So if you can have a guy like Darren Waller, I would like to be able to have in my fantasy lineup. He had a good game last week too. We yep. sort of finally saw the Darren Waller yes. that we talked about during the preseason so much. So obviously if he's active, we think he, if, if we think on Sunday morning, he will be active. Make your plans to have Darren Waller in your lineup. Keep your eye on Daniel Jones because he's dealing with a neck injury and we don't know for sure. So the Bills are 14 point favorites, Stefania. Will it be a 14 point spread by the end of the first quarter, perhaps? I'm just really worried about Daniel Jones being able to stay upright 
and keep his neck protected if he does, in fact, play. This is why you need to watch FF Now on Sunday morning for all of the latest injury information. Stefania's going to have so much there to be able to dive into. All right. right. We're going to be back with a little bit more on the other side in just a little bit. But, Stefania, thank you so much for all this. Thank you, Stefania. All right, Phil, let's pay some bills. What do you got for us? Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Yes, I am. I know, me too. Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with GEICO. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning GEICO mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to GEICO.com. Phil, do you smell that? I mean, Mike just walked into the set, so it could be him. Oh, I, I thought it was Mike, but I, I actually think it's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, guys, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season, so block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and fan, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all that drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is dp dr pepper the one fans deserve all right back here on fantasy focus with field jades mike clay and daniel doc guys we are going to dive into a thursday night recap before we get into a week six preview let's make this as quick as possible this game kind of sucked it was not fun daniel it, it was not yeah. fun there was a to total watch. of two touchdowns scored so you wonder like the, the few like maybe the two good things from the game last night I want to do this first. Okay. I think there's a lot to talk about. Can you tell me what the Dallas Cowboys defense okay. and old man Adam Thielen have in common? Same uh, amount of fantasy points. They have two games with at least 25 fantasy points, something Patrick Mahomes has only done one time so far this year. Field, Mike, what's going on with Patrick Mahomes right now? I mean, we talked I yesterday. You guys said, mm-hmm. well, how could you have him not ranked number one in your quarterbacks for this week? And I said, he hasn't been that good he this hasn't. season. We we have to make something very clear before a headline gets clipped off and people watch the video and they get very very Field mad. Hates Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is unquestionably the best player on the planet. In real life, there's no two ways about it. Uh-huh. The problem with a relatively slow start for Patrick Mahomes, he's not been god awful. He's still been a top ten quarterback. The problem is that you paid premiums on three quarterbacks specifically this year. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Those are only worth that premium you paid if they are at the top of the food chain for quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, if he finishes outside the top 10 this week and with just 17.34 fantasy points, he will. That will be his fourth game this season, not finishing in the top 10. He had four games all of last season, not finishing as a top 10 quarterback. I don't know if it's specifically because they just don't have anybody besides Travis Kelsey that you can count on in the passing game, but it's been a slower start for Patrick Mahomes. They played the brutal Denver defense Mm -hmm. last night and made them look like the Denver defense from last year. They could not finish the job in the red zone specifically. Yeah, it felt like two years ago, kind of just take what they give you a sort of strategy. You know, the Denver just played too high and didn't allow anything deep. And and Kansas City thought, all right, so it's short week. We're just going to run the ball, throw short passes. And it worked. It wasn't a winning strategy for Denver, but it was a good way to limit that uh, offense. But I did look a little closer at this because I was wondering, like, I felt like last year Mahomes got off to a little bit of a slow start. He had like a, week a huge game and then he kind of yeah. dipped a little bit, but it's not the case. Check this out. 19.4 fantasy points per game so far through six weeks. Okay. I just look back at the first six weeks of his career, 25.2 points per game, yeah. uh, never below 23.7. So this is Four points per game. This is very much his the worst, worst start, start of his career. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, 
he's still a guy we're going to view as a good QB one because he could get rolling at any given point. And also right. upcoming schedule chargers, Broncos, again, Miami, then the bye week uh, for them. So they have some decent matchups coming up, a chance to at least get back on. Yeah. I, in a lot of ways, I don't think this is about <clears throat> what you do with Patrick Mahomes going forward. You're not going to bench Patrick Mahomes. No. It's more about whether your decision to pay the full freight for Patrick Mahomes will end up being worth it. So far, it has not Absolutely been worth not. it relative right. to other quarterbacks, right? You could have gotten Justin Herbert four rounds later, five rounds later, mm-hmm. and he's quarterback one on a points-per-game basis. Travis Kelsey ruled, though, last night, looked like himself, coming off of an ankle injury, looked no worse for the wear. 124 receiving yards last night for Kelsey, the most by any tight end in the game so far this season, 21.4 fantasy points. He ruled Isaiah Pacheco was good, too, by the way. Great volume again. 15.8 fantasy points for Pacheco. Clearly has established himself as that go-to back in Kansas City. But most importantly, Mike, he's catching passes left and right now. Six targets, six catches. Now, is that's career high in both categories yep. by two. But he now has four-plus targets <laughs> in three games this season. Yeah. So this is huge for his fantasy stock, and it is showing up. By the way, his snap shares, you look at his three snap shares the past three weeks, yeah. all career high, his top three in his career. So he's playing more snaps, getting more work in the passing game. He's awesome to watch. I mean, how much fun is he to have on your fantasy awesome, team? Just yeah. watch him run people over. Uh, and yeah, that involvement in the passing game is massive. So uh, yeah, he's he, he's a fringe RB1 now going yep. forward, at, at least. We had him even higher in this good matchup, but and he's we terrific. There is not a single Chiefs wide receiver right now that you were considering starting a fantasy. I know we've well, talking about Rashid Rice. Rashid Rice is close. I understand, but you're, yeah. you're not but the starting snaps him right back now. Down. The snaps were going up, and then yeah, now they're yeah. back down. He did have a, another good game. 10-plus fantasy points in four of six games, so he's at least in that flex conversation every week, but this, this got to stop with the committee at receiver. Pick your yeah. pick your best guys. I mean, MVS just out there running clear out routes. Every I mean, he's, he's Robert Meacham. Yep. It, worse than that. No, wor- like worse. Like his target share was like 12% last year. It's like 6% this year. It's crazy. He's just a waste. Of, it's just a waste of space. It's not his fault. There's nothing wrong with him. It's just. They're not the, utilizing. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm no, not trying to say he's player. bad football. Yeah, 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 I'm not trying to say he's that. He's great, just. Yeah. It's it's just a waste of a play. Like, why is he on the field I if you're not going to throw it to him at all? Yeah, I, I, my dumb. guess would be they help. That they feel like the spacing is is important, but it's not like him. Like, they're still kind of not. That's not dink and dunk, but like they're not exactly like a big play offense right now through the passing game. That spacing no. is important if they take shots to the guy. If you never take shots to the guy, how long mm-hmm. until you stop trying to like really give it the same? He's definitely going Anyways. for 200 yards next week. On the other Absolutely. side of this, yeah. what, what did you think about the Broncos real quickly? Wretched performance. Yes. I, mean, they, I, I thought it could know. I thought it had to go up, uh, but just terrible performance last night. Wasn't Russell great. Wilson has a fourth quarter touchdown and a two point conversion that like that doesn't even salvage the day. 6.9 no. fantasy points for Russ. The only player that actually was worth starting last night for the Denver offense, Cortland Sutton, who now mm-hmm. has four touchdowns through the air this season. That's as many as he had over the past That's right. three years mm-hmm. combined. Now he did miss all but one game three seasons ago, but still Cortland Sutton has actually proved by far to be the more valuable Broncos wide receiver. Question for you. How many more games does Jerry Judy play for the Broncos? I mean, the trade deadline is like two weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, think this two? could be full on fire sale. Yeah. I, I, I think mean, so. And, and I think the, he's gone. I mean, the pregame blow up, the right, snaps right. are going down. He yeah, played, a, the yeah. snaps were down yesterday. Also, where's Marvin Mims? Come on. 20% well, of the, once, 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 maybe one of those receivers is gone. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough go right now for that entire Denver Broncos offense. Keep Super in mind, by the way, the soft part of their schedule defensively has already taken place. It only That's right. Harder. Oof. You got it. All right. Back here on Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. It's just a guy can see all the ways that you can save. We are diving through into our week <laughs> six preview. Guys, let's talk let's about go. the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Last week. Mm-hmm. I was down. Wow, your like voice is so much higher this week. So much better. Last week, oh, let's I talk was about down the Bengals. Now it's Joe like Burrow. 
Now it's like peak Joe Burrow. We're and back. And you want to know why? It's because I saw Joe Burrow look good out there. This has yeah. nothing to do with the fantasy points. This is the idea of the eye test. You watched him in the pocket. He looked confident. He was moving well. Go ahead, Mike. Do we have a Go board ahead. bet? Do we have a board bet? No. I, we haven't talked about this nah, yet. Nah, no. we don't have a board bet. No board bets. Yeah. We, I, I think you tried to slip it through because I wasn't here on Monday. You are. Yeah, you went 2 0 in that board bet. We can leave it there. Okay. Don't worry about yeah. it. Right. No anyway. else, nothing else needs I mean, to be said. I was about optimistic it. about Joe Burrow because they were playing Denver last week. Was it Denver? Yeah. No, it was Arizona. Or Arizona. Yeah, yeah good matchup, thing. right? Yeah. So same, same thing. <laughs> we're in the spot, though, now where we've seen Joe Burrow field after you and I have both been a little bit lower than Mike. I'll give Mike his flowers for that one. Listen, it looks like Joe Burrow Mike's has turned the corner. Mike is the pragmatic one in this group, and it often serves him to a very, very effective strategy. Uh, who was it two weeks ago where Michael's like, just hold the forward. It's going to be Justin okay. Fields. Justin Fields. There you go. So uh, Mike is not full of hot hair. As a matter of fact, he is full of lots of big brains. So, uh, yes, Joe Burrow was a great call by Mike last week and now mike and i daniel and i excuse me have joined the hype train. Yes, we have. have Joe Burrow back You're, inside. Fields actually higher team. than yeah, me. Why you do you hate Joe Burrow this week? Fields all in. You just <laughs> so, need a one game. One game you're in. A couple of things here. As Daniel mentioned, how he was moving around a whole lot better. That calf injury seems to be going the other way. We know yeah. the weapons are about as good as it gets in the NFL with T. Higgins expected to play and Jamar Chase. I thought last week was an important thing for Jamar Chase. Uh, Next Gen Stats provides like the, like, I don't know, it's like a flow chart. It's a route chart for wide receivers. Uh, and they have it for quarterbacks. They have for everybody. But uh, you can see like where a receiver lined and also what route he ran, mm-hmm. routes he ran throughout the game. And if you look at Jamar Chase, it was like every possible alignment and every possible route was covered last week, right? So it's basically the strategy is who's our best player. Let's do everything we can to get the football in his hands, which had not been the case as frequently as it should have been during the first four games of the season. Yep. Makes me feel optimistic. And this bank, we, we know this team's good. We know they're good. They've been in the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl over the past two years. It was just, when is it going to click? Mm-hmm. Once it clicked, you should be ranking these players like you would have coming into the season. Joe Burrow was ranked right around quarterback six or seven coming into the season. So yep. we're back to sort of, we, the market has corrected itself, Mike Clay. Yeah, I'm with you. I just want to, I hope he does continue to run the ball. He only had seven yards last week, but he had that one scramble that made you think, okay, yeah. 10 yards, maybe it's coming back. But yeah. uh, again, he only has, what, tw- uh, 10 rushing yards this season. That's going to, he's going to have to get up into the 200s by season's end to pay off this ADP. He's going to have more, to, like, he's not going to have a, an extreme game like that every week through the air. Last year, the reason he got to that next tier was because he was adding value with his likes. We'll see if that continues going forward. But I'm with you guys. Yeah, he can be back in your lineups here in week six. And Jamar Chase is never leaving your lineup. He had an awesome week last week. I mean, yeah. again here this one, week. one team leagues. If he has a Stop. tough matchup, you're in <laughs> tough one team league. Yes. Just play against yourself. Mike, wow. Mike in his history. one team leagues. I'll tell you what. I mean, maybe you bench him some weeks, but that's it. Do you, are you, uh, <laughs> do you win the championship in those leagues? Or are you in the toilet bowl? Uh, concession. Yeah, I mean, you win everything. Technically both. Yeah. A little bit of everything. It look, it looks, uh, fantasy football can be a stressful game, and yeah. there's no stress in that format. Yeah. That's right. You just dominate every mm-hmm. week. Yeah. You have a down week, you win. I had a big some, week, you win. Some stress last week around Trevor Lawrence because you guys came at me as to whether or not it was a good decision to play him against the Buffalo Bills. It wasn't terrible. Here's what I want to take away from this. No, it was not. Here's what was terrible. Process first results. Hold on. Here's what was he terrible. He was outside the top 15. Let me finish, wow. Mike Clay. Wow. He only had 14 fantasy points, so that's fair. You're yeah, right. He was outside yeah. the top 15. But if you told me going into against a Buffalo Bills defense that he was going to throw for over 300 yards, that he was going to have seven carries for over 30 rushing yards on the ground, he was going to find a way to get in the end zone. You would say that's a pretty good result for a, what has been a struggling Trevor Lawrence against a nice Bills defense. 
those two fumbles. That'd be a those great day for Mac Jones. Points. Like that would be awesome for that Mac was, Jones. What are you talking or, about? Yeah. It would be. That'd be, that'd be, hu- that'd be a huge that, fantasy day for That'd be a great Mac. day for the entire Patriots offense. 300 exactly. yards? Yeah. So are we start Mac Jones this week is what you're saying? No, you're we're saying not. That? I don't think so. But I am starting Trevor Lawrence this week. PJ Walker. Are you not starting Trevor Lawrence this week? Are you out on Trevor Lawrence I after am, a 300-yard uh, game where I'm he start seven him. carries? Seven carries uh, at I, the quarterback position, Mike? I will start him because he actually did have one decent fantasy sorry, day this season. You. Could you say that again a little louder? And it me? was against the Colts, who they're playing this week. Not the Buffalo Bills, who we benched him for last week. And that was a good decision. I would say it was a good decision to bench Trevor Lawrence. 16th in quarterback ranks. Yeah, I think yeah. quarterback's yeah. Uh, scoring uh, for the week. Yeah. How can we make this into a board? bet for you too yeah. because you guys have them ranked identically <laughs> same spot. Like, oh quarterback nine. nine and quarterback <laughs> nine well, but, excuse me, you want to assign a point value on it? I mean, I feel like we should, at the way you're like taking a W on this, I feel like you should lose a board bet for last week. Process like a retroactive loss. Ooh, a result. Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence board bet for the week. Technically, Daniel does have Joe Burrow one spot ahead of Trevor Lawrence, but Mike's confidence in Burrow is oozing. Daniel's confidence in Trevor Lawrence is also oozing. That's true. All right. I'll do it. I'll, I'm willing Why to not? do this. It's for fun. It's Seattle cool. Seahawks. Sure. Why not? Let's do it. They're not the Buffalo Bills. So what are we going to say here? We're just going to say which one you is the better Joe quarterback? You say Joe Burrow outscores. I say. He says Joe Burrow outscores Trevor Lawrence. You say okay. Trevor Lawrence. I say Joe Burrow outscores Trevor Lawrence in week six. I say Trevor Lawrence outscores Joe Burrow in week six. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Well done Boom. right there, right, you guys. But we did do it, you know, like, last week. Minus four of course, points. Yeah, yeah, that no, was just, As Mike said, it, it was a good matchup for him. The first time these two teams played, it'd be a good matchup again this time around. So I have Trevor Lawrence as quarterback 10 on my board this week. What about and part of the reason why, well, part of the reason why I have increased confidence is I felt like last week was a concerted effort to get Calvin really the football. I mentioned this on Monday, mm-hmm. but on top of the great day as a receiver, Calvin Ridley had two carries in week five. To my knowledge, those were his first two carries of the season, which tells you that like the team knows they need to get this player involved more. And <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so I think Calvin Ridley, you know, that that was a, a hopeful sign of like things to come going forward. He's had two good games out of five. But you're looking at me like you have something well, to no, say. Well, I was gonna say one of those two big games was the the Colts. Was against yeah. the same Colts. So we're back one, in yeah. on Calvin Ridley again this mm-hmm. week, right? We're all there? Yep. Yes. I'm at uh, 23. Yeah, yep. over 100 yards, eight catches in yep. that week one game. Came out strong. We felt, remember after week one, we were like, all right, this is real. He's going to be a superstar. And then he had three straight duds, but back on track. A touchdown uh, two weeks ago yep. at the big game this past week with the high volume, as you pointed out. Yeah, I, I feel better about Ridley now. It feels weird to say we're all in on Calvin Ridley when we have him. Like, it feels, I've got him at wide receiver 26. You've got wide receiver 27. Nature of the Mike, position, though. Yeah, it's really I was going to say, you talked about this a couple shows ago where it's just like wide receivers 18 <laughs> through 35. It's almost like you could pick almost anyone. I think we're going to talk about it, like Devontae Smith is like 15 spots below that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> when I, when, sorry, when I was saying all in, meaning like not like we are chips to the middle, all no, in, more like, like all of us, all three of us are in on Calvin really this week after yeah. some divisive comments yeah. just moments ago between the two of you about both Trevor Lawrence yeah, for the and record I yeah, like we're having fun with the board bet but yeah this week I like Lawrence I mean the Colts have really struggled against quarterbacks and he's not he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown he hasn't really scored many passing touchdowns but yeah. he is adding more rushing yards this season yeah uh, he's definitely an uptick from last year so I feel good about both of those guys as back in QB ones this week yeah I love him there too as well all right Let's talk about some, um, uh, you know what, actually, let's do dive a little bit more. Okay. I'm curious when you have this, we looked at how good last week mm-hmm. that this running back was. Travis Etienne was absolutely fantastic. Unreal in this mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, he was great. Like, is this going to be another spa- smash spot for him against this Colts defense? You want to start with that one? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's a guy uh, I'm a big fan of. We've talked about this, uh, about this on the show. His efficiency last year as a rusher and pass catcher was great. We just wanted an uptick in passing game usage. We're getting it. We're so, getting it. He's, he's terrific in both areas. Yep. And and by the way, Tank Bigsby concern just out the window. I mean, oh he's the gosh. clear backup. Excellent insurance back. Right. Fine guy to stash on your bench. No standalone value. This is ETN show. So I, uh, normally on the show on Friday, we don't like dive deep onto play into players that like obviously we're going to start. The reason why Daniel brought up Travis Etienne is after spending the week contemplating various things that Mike could do to correct his sins from this past week. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have decided that Mike is going to trade me Travis Etienne. Correct. Okay. In our dynasty league. Yes. Yes. All right. Who do I get back in this trade? Um, You get Jordan Mason back. Jordan Mason. All right. Well, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, then. That could work well, out. It's your me. fault then now that you said <laughs> that. Yeah. Jeez. How dare it's you? Work out. Yeah. Seriously. Or he retires. Okay, I don't whatever. think I actually have Jordan Mason on my team. You can have Colt McCoy. Have you want that one? I you know what? You know what's funny though? Uh I maybe I shouldn't admit this Uh-oh. on a fantasy focus pod on a fantasy football podcast, but last night I was a little late, you know, busy getting work done, a little late setting my lineups. Uh oh. And in our dynasty league, uh oh. I was uh last minute I'm going through I was taking my time. I didn't even realize what time it was. Pulled Russell Wilson out. Put in Geno Smith, hit the button or whatever, and it said lineup locked. So Russ was in my lineup last oh, night. That was, a tough, man. that was a tough one. That was a tough one. I'm I'm, I'm facing rebuilding DJ, so okay. maybe yeah. it'll maybe it'll still work Victory out. But who points knows? Might, might, might not be in your favor this that, week. If I lose by like ten, I'm, that's going to hurt. That On the other one. side of that game, we're not expecting <laughs> to see Anthony Richardson. Obviously, Gardner Minshew would be the guy that would take yeah. over there. Yeah, feel that we've talked about this briefly, but just in case people haven't listened to any of the earlier shows this week, yeah. how would that impact your view of the Colts and these pass catchers? I feel fine about the pass catchers. I might actually feel even a little bit better than when Anthony Richardson uh, was under center for them. Richardson, excuse me, <clears throat> Minshew, 29%. I am like fighting through something this week, guys. Yeah, you are. You're have working you guys, on it, though. Uh, do you feel like you guys have given me enough credit? Yeah. No. Uh, For what? For fighting through? Yeah. I didn't even I mean, know you were on the injury report. Okay. If I, yeah, I, 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 I knew you were dead. Yeah, you're day. doing so great. I'm it's like tough. you didn't even. Yeah. It's yeah, like when you. a guy like and yeah. goes the whole season has a great year, and then after the year, they're like, oh, yeah, I have to have like major knee surgery. Yeah, right. Like, right, right. Oh, you just ran for like 2,000 yards. What do you do? What? Yeah. So, anyways. I, earlier in the week, I did feel as though uh, the wide receivers have maybe even a little bit of an uptick in value with Gardner Minshew. 29% target share for Michael Pittman Jr. Mm-hmm. with Minshew under center. 24% for uh, Josh, Josh Downs. Downs. Good yeah. for me to brain fart all of a yeah. sudden right there. And uh, I think it's worth just like reiterating in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Like we had to give Zach Moss a little bit more credit going into the week this mm-hmm. week after the explosion game last week. The Colts have said they're going to increase the workload for Jonathan Taylor. I know it's a matter of if, when, not if they eventually make him the lead dog without much competition from Zach Moss. Yep. But I have Jonathan Taylor right around RB20 and Zach Moss right around RB30 this week. So in a deeper league, if you're in a pinch, Zach Moss still has some value. Yep, he's on that flex radar. I actually pulled him from a, a deeper league for uh, Zach, or I pulled Moss out and put uh, Rasheed Rice in last night, yeah. which I'm fine with. He got 10, yeah. 11 points. I'm still, like we said, it's it's when, not if, right? We've, mm-hmm. we've been over this. They They did not pay Taylor all that money to be a backup or committee back. He's going to be their feature back. There's not really a question about it. Um, and I'll just reiterate this as well. If there's one person in your league who's not let, hearing what I'm saying and is like, hey, I think Moss, he's doing too good, or they're buying into that, what is he, sixth in points per game or yeah. something, and they're buying it, you 
now's your chance. I mean, now is your chance oh. to make a move. You if he has it. one more big game, by the way, then it's really your chance. And it just becomes well, hilarious can, because yeah. it's like the Colts would have just paid someone $42 million and watch the other guy just go off. Zach Moss is making like 600 K this year or something. There's, they just kind of prove the point of why you don't need necessarily to pay the running backs. So and then they did anyway, it's a really bizarre uh, situation there. In Indy, but uh, we'll my I'm, happy for, I'm happy for JT, though. I'll say that. There's, oh, nothing, there's like two different conversations. Happy yeah, for him for sure. Players, yeah. Deserves it. But in terms of uh, managing your, your team, your football team, it was definitely an interesting decision. All right. Back here on Fantasy Focus now. Field Jates, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp making our way through our week six preview. Part two, guys. We talked about Gabe Davis a little bit earlier in the week. <laughs> we yeah. did. Four yeah. straight touchdowns <laughs> in four consecutive games. Mike Clay taking on the New York Giants this week. How do you feel about Gabe Davis? Not great. Six. This this should have wow. been our board bet. Wow. This, is, this should have been our board bet. Do you guys want to usurp the other board bet with this board bet? I don't know. All the board bets. Just do I, a show of board do, bets. Did you and I do a board bet earlier this week on Gabe Davis? Uh, no, I think you guys were almost in fisticuffs almost over about Gabe, it. Yeah, we, about Davis, so. we might have to do another one. But uh, look, my case is, I'll just reiterate what I said earlier this week. 5.2 targets per game this year is actually down from 6.2. Yeah. Yep. Yes, Last year, and he was 36th on a points per game basis. Yep. I know he's fourth in touchdowns, has four in four straight games, but he's 48th at wide receiver in targets. He's only 19th in expected touchdowns, which is good. 2.3, though, which suggests... Like uh, going forward, he's going to have half as many touchdowns on the same amount of targets. So yep. uh, Giants, a lot of touchdowns so far. But again, I think they're going to be better on the perimeter now with Adore Jackson and Banks emerging the rookie. So don't love the matchup. It's fine. It's nothing I'm moving the needle for. But I definitely think Davis is above his head right now. And honestly, the way you were all over me for Christian Watson love all offseason <laughs> for the true. same thing. It is the to same be thing. in on Gabe Davis when he is so low volume, but it's all touchdown basis. Big is, difference uh, to me. Ooh, big ooh, difference. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Okay. Tell me the difference. And then I think I could think of another big board bet out of this one. I'm just board bet machine over okay. here right all now. All right. I like it. Board bet show. The big difference to me between these two things is one of them, this is no offense to Packers fans. One of them has Jordan Love under center. The other yeah. one has Josh Allen. Mm. What do you mean? Eh, well, I mean, it's the same concept, though. It's still low volume. Yeah, they're both quarterbacks. High. Yeah, they both throw the football to the other guy. It's the same concept. It's still low volume, high touchdown. Both first round picks. Touchdown, right? I think Jordan Love might have like nearly the same number of passing touchdowns as, as Josh Allen so far this year. <laughs> so honestly, I'm trying to get close. you guys madder at each other. <laughs> um, this is one of those situations, in all seriousness, everything you're saying, I totally understand. There is an emotional side to me as a fantasy manager. How do you take a guy on one of the best offenses in football who has scored a touchdown in four straight games going up against another bad defense and say, I'm not going to play him there this week? I would say there is a 94.2% chance that Kevin Pulsifer, who writes the questions for uh, Red Zone, I think... Whoever does it, I think, I think Addison's doing it. This okay. Year. Yeah. Addison Walton, if you're listening right now, I will bet you that one of those questions this this week will be, will Gabe Davis, Davis touch oh, I hope so. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you say no. I, I'm absolutely <laughs> going to say no. Head, right? Yes, yeah. of course. That's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, in that game, by the way, no Daniel Jones for the Giants. That was officially announced just moments ago. Oh, so okay. uh, 14 and a half point spread could become like 15 and a half by the time the show is up and live and listenable. Field, how uh, would that change? If there's no Daniel Jones, would that change at all the way you look at Darren Waller? Or regardless of who's under center, you're still going to be playing him if he plays this yeah, week. Yeah, there's just no tight ends to replace him with. And by the way, we didn't talk about this with Stefan yet, and I'm not trying to get us off track, but it's an important update here. There are like five tight ends you trust. One of them might not be available this week as Sam Laporta mm -hmm. suffered a calf strain in practice yesterday or before practice yesterday with the Lions. Mispractice, not at the walkthrough today. So it sounds like there's a real chance that this unbelievable rookie won't be available in week six. 
Yeah, that would be too bad. Uh, if you have get, a warm body at tight end, play him. Yeah, and we might get 12 to 14 Amon Ra targets in this game if he's out. So, Or we might or, I mean, see if he plays, I mean, David Montgomery run the ball 30 times yeah. because he's not the well, only you, guy that's going to be out. You texted me what, last night because I, I made some projection updates, yeah. uh, including pulling Daniel Jones. So if the projections are already updated for Gerard Taylor... Um, but uh, I pulled Jameer Gibbs as well, and Montgomery just shoots right Montgomery's up near the top. And he, second and it makes sense. highest projected running yeah, back he, on the week now. Look, he's been top five on a points per game basis this season, and his target share was it was like fifteen percent last week. That's like where Gibbs has been. So he's going to be a featured featured back in this game. Montgomery, he's already a lineup lock, but now especially yep. a lineup lock. When do they play? They're they're on the four twenty five, four twenty five. So they're in the main. We got flex to the they're in the main DFS league. Oh, that's too. right. That's yeah. right. Box Lions. Mm-hmm. Fun game. Yeah, that's right. Flexing Lions ah. early, guys. How cool is it to be a Lions fan? Have that's your game you flexed into prime time? Exactly. <laughs> I love that. All right. Let's talk about one of your guys, Mike Clay. Devontae Smith. Yeah. This is an important one, I think. This, this has been really I tough. I wear my A.J. Brown shirt. That's wow. So wow. Okay. Message what are you sent. trying to tell us? Yeah. Message sent to Devonta. Yeah. Get it going. I tried this yesterday on the show with Patrick Balms to motivate him. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't quite didn't work. work. So just I thought the Denver lightly. defense would motivate him, but man. <laughs> oh. Nope. So here's the thing. Anyway. We're obviously starting AJ Brown because you feel great about it, but Devonta Smith has not been a guy that you feel super confident in starting. Yeah, six yards on one, six yards on six targets last week. Actually, yeah. it was very much a dud, just one catch, uh, two duds in his last three games. But I said this earlier in the week, did have at least 14.8 points in three of uh, in three of five games so far this season. So he's had some decent games. It's not like it's just been completely duds across the board. His targets are down a little bit. His air yard share is the same as last season. Uh, but I think the biggest concern in terms of projecting a bounce back this week is the matchup. Mm-hmm. He's a perimeter right. receiver, as is A.J. Brown. We expect D.J. Reed most likely back. He missed last week in the concussion protocol. You have him and Sauce Gardner. They're the perimeter yeah. uh, corners, and they're the best in the business. So this is a very tough matchup. And Devontae Smith doesn't usually go in the middle. That's no, not as... Uh, not, as, not very much. It's uh, Quez Watkins is primarily in the slot. So he'll get a little run inside, but he's going to see those two a lot. It's a good Jets defense. Could be perhaps a low-scoring game. Obviously, the Jets have some really good edge rushers as well, which could put pressure on Jalen Hurts and and the red zone offense has been horrific so far for Philadelphia. So uh, definitely some concerns. I think better days ahead for Smith. Maybe a guy you want to go out and trade for after this week, but definitely some concerns here in this matchup. Is there a chance that we just get two squeaky wheels? Like, I'm fine with the noise if we get one squeaky Again, wheel in AJ Brown. Devontae Smith doesn't yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Did you, did you're you right. hear my impression of him right. yesterday on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was here. For, yeah. Was, that, was that yesterday? Yeah. I don't Wednesday, whatever it was. I, obviously, I've been tuning in because Liz is on the show. Right. So this week, oh, I'm, that I'm that watching. Sense. That makes uh, sense. So yes. I didn't know if I was here or that was, was yeah. when I was yeah. away, but yeah. Yeah, I tuned in. Like, he, like, he, like, quietly, like, he went to, like, Nick Sirianni's office and left the post it note and was like, please throw me the football more, sir. I loved watching Nick Sirianni at the end of that game. I thought this was just really cool as a coach where he was like, Hey guys, you want to know the great thing about being five and oh, it's not about the fact we could go undefeated at the end of the season. It's the fact that we can be six and oh next week. Mm-hmm. And I just love the way you compartmentalize that into like, let's not look at, let's not look too far. Let's be excited about what we're doing. I just really like the way that Nick, Nick Sirianni, Sirianni is total stud. Our director today is Brian is from Philly. Oh, and I bet this will, this will land for him. Nick Sirianni and Bryce Harper get Philadelphia. And that's not like there are some people that go there and they they aren't prepared oh, for yeah. it. Sirianni, Bryce Harper, get it, embrace it. Perfect for that city. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah! By the way, did you see the uh, the pseudo tush push that the Chiefs tried last night on the on the fake? That was terrible. Why they do that on fourth and that's uh, prob- long honestly too. that's like a low key part of some of Mahomes's uh, you know, his his down year is that like they just futz around too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. on like short yardage plays. Like if you're gonna run the tush push. 
Do not have your 125-pound punter, Tommy Townsend, is one of the tush pushers. Yeah. I, it would, I would say like fourth and inches or something or a yeah. short one, fine. But that was a long two. Like, oh, that was God. not the right also, time to do how that How about play. the NFL being like, boy, we might need to outlaw this because it's too easy. And then we find out, oh, it's only easy for teams that know how well, to do well, it. Now really they're like, well, well so the giant, two giants got hurt. So now they're like, it could be an injury issue, which is, oh, I, just, it feels like, Football? Honestly, it feels like a, like I'm all for player health. If it really is a health concern, yeah. fine. But it kind of feels like a cop out. Like everyone wants to get rid of it. Now they're fi- looking for excuses. For I'd be it. surprised if it is if it's still allowed next year, though. I'd I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think it'll be outlawed, and it's it's nonsense. I'm sorry, you nonsense. guys are so good at stuff. You just have to uh, cut old it out. Man of the yelling NFL. at clouds right now. <sighs> Very old. <laughs> so brutal. All right, guys, let's continue on with this preview. Who can you trust here from the Washington Commanders? Next subject. This Nobody. Week? <laughs> Keep moving. Logan Thomas, maybe. Logan yeah. Thomas. Which defense has surrendered the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs? Uh, who are they playing this week? I would have said, Mike, <laughs> way to spoil my, <laughs> my stat right there, Mike. Yeah, this is a stingy. I actually have that on my notes for the record. Yeah. Oh, pr- let me I'm see sure it. You do. Let me see it. Uh, okay, he does. Mike is so prepared. He was yeah, it's running it's backs, not he a okay. good matchup, obviously, this week for Brian Robinson. So what you have going in your favor for Brian Robinson, though, is two things. First of all, this game probably will be pretty low scoring. So he's got a real shot at 20 carries this week. Yep. However, mm-hmm. if for some reason they find themselves in negative game script, yeah, we problem. saw last week he had four catches for 48 yards. That kind of salvaged his day. Re- repeat that stat, Mike. How many called passes did they have to end last game? 55 passes. That's amazing. 55 straight 55. passes to that's end the game. That's unheard of. That's yes, it started in like eight minutes left in the second quarter. That's ridiculous. They never another run. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I have Robinson as RB26. That seems to be right in line with where you guys have him. Mm-hmm. He is the only, I guess, yeah, you're right. Logan Thomas would also be on this radar because he's been very, very solid in his return from injury. Um, but other than that, like, how do you play the wide receivers right now nope. in Washington? Yeah, and DFS. That's how you play them, maybe. maybe yeah, you maybe. can't. I mean, McLaurin, we thought got back in tr- on track, but that's just like against the Eagles sort of thing now. When right. he plays the yeah. Eagles, he's been really good. 86 yards and 11 targets in that week four game. But then last year, right back to 49 yards on five targets. Uh, it was a great matchup against the Bears. Yeah. So it was a, a letdown for sure. He's now seen this is unreal and unacceptable. Six... <laughs> Well, I'm just like, I feel like I'm just you tired of It's unacceptable. It's both of them. That was the, I'm just the like, go, I'm coming for like coaches, which <laughs> like, like they care what I think. But anyway, right. it's, it's infuriating. Uh, six or fewer targets in eight of his last nine games. Oh, he's averaging yeah. under 13 fantasy points per game during that stretch. That's like a half a season. Yeah, that's that's not that's way too long of a stretch to not be using Terry McLaurin. Uh, also, fifth fewest fantasy points to receivers for Atlanta as well. Uh, and AJ Terrell probably going to shadow him in this one. Well, a, a lot to not like. Here you like that uh, Falcons defense as a streamer this week? Oof. Yeah. Commanders absolutely. have allowed the most sacks in the NFL by a lot, yeah. obviously. And uh, Mike just talked about how stingy they have been both to opposing wide receivers and opposing running backs. So reasonable streaming option for sure uh, is that Falcons defense. But yeah, I mean, I just like I actually taped a video before the show today about Terry McLaurin. Yeah. And like my analysis on Terry <laughs> McLaurin is like, I don't know what to tell you. Like he's awesome at football, mm-hmm. right? Like this is not a Terry McLaurin, McLaurin problem. Yeah. It's that I don't control calling the plays or deciding who to throw the football to once the ball is snapped. And as Mike said, this is not like a new thing specific to 2023. There's a pretty large sample size of the commanders not getting the football enough to the best player on their offense by a long shot. Yeah. And last week we saw, I mean, granted it part, part of it was because they ran 55 straight pass plays, but uh, Jamison Crowder, you yeah. know, had involvement and they're using Diami Brown. They're rotating another 
uh, receivers here. I heard Santana Curtis Moss Samuel. is playing this week. Like they're Stop just it. really Sonoris no. Moss as well. They're going to bring them both back. Both starter Mosses. in twelve teams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You might as well. I mean, okay. start him over Terry McLaurin already. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but John yeah, Dotson too. Uh, right? I think one positive here is you mentioned him, Logan Thomas. Right, yeah. he's actually been uh, pretty good. He just has a connection with Sam Howell, who likes throwing to the tight end. Apparently, eleven targets last week, seventy-seven yeah. yards and a touchdown, eight plus targets in two of his four games, a touchdown in two of his <laughs> last three games, and. This is one of Atlanta's weak spots so far. Second most fantasy points to tight end so far for the Falcons. So maybe there's something there. We're just we're talking about Laporta replacements or the problems at that fringe tight end one range. Actually, last night when I was work prepping, I actually moved Thomas up a little a little bit in my ranks. It was I felt like it was a little too low. He was so just to be clear, he was too busy prepping to get Russ out of his lineup. Yes, because I'm dedicated to the people, not to my own teams. I don't care about that. I'm here for the people, unlike you guys, just in there tinkering with your lineups all day long. Some of us prep for the show. That's why I knew Atlanta allowed allowed the The fewest fewest fantasy points to running back. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Let's Mm -hmm. keep moving ahead. Uh, Mike, can you tell me why? Last week, Jacoby Myers saw so many targets in comparison to Devontae Adams. Should we be starting Jacoby Myers over Devontae this week? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go that far, <laughs> okay. but you're starting. Uh, you're starting Jacoby Myers because his, awesome. he's played three full games with Jimmy Garoppolo so far this season. Nine catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. Seven catches, 85 yards, no touchdowns. Yep. And then seven last week, seven for 75 and a touchdown. At least 10 targets in all three games. Yeah. So he's kind of like a, I mean, that sort of production usage is, elite. that's top 10. Like he, if he it's keeps elite. doing yeah. this all season, he's going to be a top 10 score. Uh, and, and to answer your question, the Raiders will have, then have two top 10 fantasy receivers because Devontae Adams is, is going to get his what, so, you have a 20 target game. I think, yeah. I think yeah. that this is a situation where I realize I have Jacoby Myers ranked lower than Devontae Adams, but I don't know how Devontae Adams doesn't let Jacoby Myers go off in this revenge game. I might take Jacoby. Wow. Wow. Bet that yeah, board bet. You want to yeah. do a board bet? I'll, all the board bets. Yeah, might as well. I do mean, it. Some separation. Come potentially on, what are the revenge games you? for? Like this, isn't that, that could what also this is be a about? great question. I mean, it is a revenge game, and I'm sure Jacoby Myers oh, is not really? thrilled with the fact that the Patriots. It's not as simple as they chose uh, Juju Smith Schuster, but the contracts are uh, have, have enough identical. similarities yeah. <laughs> yeah. that people have made that presumption. And Jacoby Myers himself jumped on Twitter. I think the, the last tweet Jacoby Myers has had <laughs> was when he made something that, like he made a comment like "ice cold business" or something yeah, yeah. Uh, when the Patriots signed Juju uh, this offseason. And obviously, one of those signings has worked out really well. Yes. one of them has uh, not, as as has been the case with many things for the Patriots on offense so far this year. So yeah, I think he had. I think he does i mean i don't think he needs any more motivation he as mike just said like three games with jimmy g he's been a top been great tennis wide receiver so yeah. he's been great uh, and the patriots defense obviously has been hampered by injuries so mm-hmm. dramatically i mean not having christian gonzalez is like taking away one of the i don't know he's only played he only played three and a half games so i don't looks know good. but he looked he looked yeah. like he could be one of those you know five or seven cornerbacks in the nfl where you're like when you play against him, you expect decreased production for your number one wide receiver. Guys don't step in like that, even as first round. Actually, first round corners usually struggle for yeah. a while. He was shadowing ones immediately. I know. Like, he's, like, he's Tyree kill A.J. Brown. Go for it. I'm yeah. super excited for him next year. Yeah. Get back. He's gonna, he looks like yeah. a, a budding star. Can I ask you guys a question then? Everything that you're talking about just makes me think as a fan. Everything mm-hmm. you just said is like Sauce Gardner in my head. I'm not trying to compare him to Sauce Gardner, but are you saying he that might there's like shadows like of some of that? 100%. Oh, yeah. And, could be, and sure. New England, you know, we'll, we don't know what's going to happen in the future <laughs> with coaching. So much and all uncertainty that stuff, there, yeah. But, uh, but next year, you know, we, we have this history of, you know, Malcolm Butler and mm-hmm. uh, Logan Ryan and J.C. Jackson, these shadow corners. 
uh, that they, you know, New England identifies these ones. They put them up against. I know people think they put them up on twos a lot. They do that rarely. It's usually against the ones. Gonzalez could be the next guy. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a superstar if that happens. So Heck, yeah. All right, guys, let's move ahead and finish out what is left here on Fantasy Focus Football. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. By the way, should we oh. mention the uh, Gardner-Minshew revenge game? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It you're is a Lawrence revenge side. game. What, yep. That's going to be a fun one for you. That's okay. a, uh, official, by the way. Uh-oh. No Deshaun Watson this week. Yep. Okay. So P.J. Walker. P.J. Right? Walker. Not P.J. Walker will start. Yep. Uh, I said this yesterday. If P.J. Walker starts, I want no part of a Browns pass catcher. Agreed. Probably. I mean, it'd be tough. I feel, still feel like it's tough to bench Cooper. You're going to bench him? It's or? not. Yeah, Mike, I guess 10 teamers yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. You just drag him to yeah. your bench and yeah, you hit right. bench. And it's really simple. You know who you're putting in there? Um, Gabe Davis, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Cooper. No, Another board back. Keep him coming. So let's keep on going with all those Gabe Davis board backs. Uh, David Njoku, I don't know his official status yet, but um, dude, like just I'm thinking about David Njoku right now, man. He revealed the extent of his burns on Instagram. That mm. is harrowing what he went through. Yeah. What was that? Two or two and a half weeks ago. And uh, I am just so grateful that he is like still alive and not mm-hmm. dealing with stuff that's more significant going forward. That was a very, very scary scene. Uh, he at last check was uncertain to play this weekend because of those burns. Uh, but man, that was scary stuff. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Before we get back to our ESPN two setup, I want to quickly say this because we had talked about maybe saying some earlier in the week. I'm going to say this now. I think we all have had, uh, and it's going to slow the podcast down. We'll come back and we'll end on a more positive note. Yeah. But I think we've all had some really fun experiences here at ESPN with somebody who is going to be stepping away from their time here at ESPN, and that is Barry Melrose. Oh, the uh-huh. legend. Uh, I had some awesome times being able to do some hockey podcasts back way back when I started, and he has some family okay. members that were in the military. So him and I had a big conversation, and we've talked a bunch of times back and forth about the Air Force and just hockey in general. Like It was just, uh, Mike, I know I'm not the only one that had these kind of conversations. He was such a sweet genuine, amazing Still human. Is, yeah. mm-hmm. Loved being able to have him here at ESPN. I'm going to miss being able to have a chance to work with him and run in, into him here in the hallways. Yeah, I, I know him super well, but I used to do like the evening sports center, so I'd come in in the green room. It was like empty around here, right? Yeah. There was oh, mothballs yeah. floating around the hallways. It was just dead, and uh, he'd just be in the green room because, oh, yeah. you know, evenings in the winter, there's hockey going on, and he would constantly be on sports centers and calling games, whatever he was doing. Um, and you just be sitting there. So I'd be waiting to do my show and chat with him a little bit, talk a little he hockey. He is exactly who he is on screen as yeah, he is off screen. Great. That personality yeah. and everything. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, super, super nice guy. You know, right around the playoffs, at the start of the playoffs, Barry would just come to ESPN for like three months. He'd, he'd just, he would relocate to Bristol and move in the hotel for like literally three months straight. He might have gone home like one day during that three month stretch. And then he would just come here, he'd show up, I don't know, five o'clock, six o'clock, maybe get ready for whatever right, games exactly, are on and just yeah. stay there until. One thirty or two when the games were done. Wash, rinse, repeat. Simple man, great man. Uh, yeah. Wish him the very best in uh, in the fight he has ahead of himself. But uh, just an unbelievable ESPN career and, yeah. and just electric. Best hair in sports by far. <laughs> yes, there is no number two. Ooh, nope. I don't know him and Mel Kiper. I think go back and forth different for that types, title. Different, different types, different types of, yeah. right. of hair for sure. You're but Barry right. Smaller. Mm. Yeah, made that mullet cool. Love you, buddy. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, and we're going to close out our week six preview, guys, talking about a couple of start-sit questions Alrighty, here. Let's, let's talk it. about the Ravens running backs. Sit. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mike. Mike, I love it. Um, you're this like one's that, tough. Like that, that, that young kid in class is like too exuberant. Uh, yeah. No, no. So here's part of the reason why uh, I think it's fair to sit all these running backs is that not only are Justice Hill and Gus Edwards going to play, but it sounds like Keaton Mitchell's going to play as yes, well I see him. for the Ravens, and uh, he has been the... I wouldn't say much hyped, but the semi-hyped back in that Ravens backfield, Adam Schefter. <laughs> it's a low bar, yeah, but yeah, yes. but yeah, Adam Schefter grabbed them off waivers like 
a month ago. Okay, oh, hold on here. Okay. Wait, do we have like 30 seconds here for this? Take as much time as okay, you want. Okay, yeah. so I want to know, like, if I, like, uh, uh, we got we got to play this out, right? So okay. in our Dynasty League, yeah. I picked him up. Yeah. And Whoa. then, like, a, this was like a month ago. Okay. And then a week, this is before there was anything out there. There was oh. nothing. I was, I okay. was in, okay. And then I dropped him, like, as I needed to add someone for, like, week yeah. three or whatever it was, yeah. week two. Okay. Um, and then you texted me immediately. Yeah. I think you were just, like, making fun of me because it was such, like, a ridiculous move, yeah. like, to drop some random right. running back. Someone you've never heard and of. And then, like... The next week I added him back and then like the Schefter thing, you know, it was on like, you know, he's on FF now talking about him. He added him. So I'm like, who, who got there first? I, I had the same conversation with Scott Clark. Really? So I'm like, like am I, did I beat? Are you the I new beat, Adam Schefter? Am I, am I the new Adam Schefter? Did I beat him to the punch on this? Like who gets credit? So Schefter's on the hot seat is what you're telling us. Schefter is officially yeah, on the hot that's seat. It. Okay. Um, any other breaking news you want to share with us on the podcast right now? Uh, let's see here. Um, so... No, I don't know. Eggs and oatmeal for breakfast this morning. There's your breaking that's right. news. Is this going to be um, Jesse's long shot on Sunday? I don't know. Probably. Don't know. <laughs> I won my first long like sh- shot of the season. Congratulations, Thank you very Field. much. Um, this has shades of Byron Williams yeah. to me is yeah. kind of what it feels yeah. like. But that's that's the thing well, yeah. is that when Shefty adds somebody in fantasy, he'll be yeah. the first to tell you that sometimes the more you know, the less you know, mm-hmm. right? However, when he is adding somebody that is basically off the radar entirely, Usually it's because someone is saying to him, Mm -hmm. hey, this is a player that we think something of. You might want to go add him on your fantasy roster. Some of those have hit over the years. Some of those have whiffed over the years. And Adam will be the first person to tell you that. However, in fantasy, there are moves that you make when you think you know a guy is good and they end up not working out. Meanwhile, there are times during the draft where you just take a random shot on some player and you're like, eh, whatever. Probably not that good, but... Puka Nakua? Right, yeah. So, yeah. It's part of the game here. So um, I would say that Keaton Mitchell, if you have a flexible bench spot, not a terrible speculative ad, but I am not here to tell you that Keaton Mitchell will be on your roster a month from now as well. Yeah, I am, exactly. Good. I also was going to say, just to make sure that we did put a bow on this Ravens running back conversation against the Titans this week, we really mm-hmm. do want to sit all of these running backs if yes. we can, in I, spite of adding Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, I guess so, though. They've allowed they allowed the big game to Zach Moss last did, week yeah. and uh, Jerome Ford two weeks ago at 19 points against him. So maybe trending the other direction. I know Ford's was yeah, yeah Ford's touchdown touchdown heavy, touchdowns, but, yeah, but exactly. so Moss ran all over him. So uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not so sure if that's the extreme concern it was last yeah. year and earlier this year. But the problem is it's a committee with at least two guys. None of them have been good in fantasy so far. Edwards has one game with seven plus fantasy points and Hill has had the two touchdowns in week one. Otherwise hasn't been very productive. So I don't want them regardless of matchup right now. And especially if they add in Keith Mitchell, by the way, he's like, uh, I think he's like a buck 90, right? <laughs> yeah. Some concerns that he might not be a feature back. It's a different conversation. If he's like two fifteen, two twenty, could be a feature back, but we're looking for somebody in a good Ravens offense to emerge as their one, yep. like a Jaleel McLaughlin, for right. example, he could be flashy in that kind of way. Before you ask the next question, Daniel, let me yep. ask both of you. Do you believe in UFOs? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You guys. Okay. You both do. All right. Well, then the answer to the next question will be sit. The question is what, Daniel? Are you going to start Josh Dobbs this week against the Rams? Right. Because Josh does not believe in USO, UFOs. Are and you uh, kidding me? Josh, I believe, is an aeronautical engineer, like a literal well, like, just changed my rocket mind, scientist. <laughs> no, he's right? like so smart. Yeah. Yes. yeah trust yeah. him. So he mentioned this a couple of days ago during his press conference. He does not believe in UFOs. So take that for what it's worth okay. and let that inform your decision of whether you should start Josh Jobs. That's typically how our analysis goes, correct? Gosh. Absolutely. That's, That's analytics in okay. a nutshell right there. There we go. Uh, yeah. So Dud last week. the actual? Yeah. Dud last week, but he did have 40 plus rushing yards and three straight before that. I will say this. Rams. 
50 plus rushing rushing yards and one rushing touchdown exactly to Anthony Richardson and Jalen Hurts running quarterback. Mm -hmm. So uh, they've been exposed there. Maybe Dobbs, he has that in his arsenal. Maybe he brings a little with his legs in this one, but I have him 14th. So he's just, he's kind of right, except for the deepest of leagues. I'm probably not going to start in this. We won't have James Connor on this team. We were going to have either Keontae Ingram or Amari DiMarcado. Both of them. How would that impact? Do you think this offense with Josh Dobbs, or do you think it's not really going to do a whole lot from the running back? James James Connor is such a great pass catcher. That's the only thing. I don't know if if we're going to see a difference there, but he's a good player it's just a running back position it just doesn't move the needle that very much. tough yeah. yeah Dobbs I think Dobbs will bounce back 15 I think that last yeah, week was, yeah. was that was um you know that was a bad day at the office but still a good athlete can add you know 20 30 rushing yards and they've got enough weapons in the passing game that he has been doing a good job of distributing the football to that I think a top 15 finish is in play field we got 60 seconds tell yeah. us what you think about Matthew Stafford how many teams have allowed more top 10 finishes to opposing quarterbacks this season the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> you didn't give me a chance that time to spoil that one. <laughs> oh no then the Arizona Cardinals oh then the oh uh how many t- four Zero. 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 Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. the Cardinals have been the gift that keeps on giving to opposing quarterbacks. They were for Joe Burrow last week. Mm-hmm. Stafford uh, has been throwing the ball a lot this mm-hmm. season, and maybe it's a one-game sample size that I should be ignoring, but in the first game with Cooper Cup back, they threw the football at a high in the four games without Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, both top 12 options at the wide receiver spot. I've got Matthew Stafford as quarterback nine, my favorite streamer of the week. Yep, I'm at 10. Uh, 11 passing touchdowns in his last 12 games remains a little bit of a concern for me, but a step in the right direction last week. And again, the matchup, Arizona 14 plus fantasy points to the opposing quarterback quarterback in every game this season. <laughs> So, yeah, he's a streamer. So you can play him this week. Yeah, he's a streamer. Feel good about it. Officially confirmed. Start the answer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for our week six preview, guys. Hey, do me a favor. Go check out the Squirrel Report on the ESPN NFL YouTube page. It just published right now that you are done with Fantasy Football. slash ESPN NFL. That's right. Go check it out That's what's going to make us a comedy podcast. Absolutely. That's that's actually a comedy and fantasy show. Liz Loza joined us on that for a little fantasy therapy. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Make sure that you check in on Fantasy Football now on Sunday mornings. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. Good luck here in week six. We'll see you Sunday morning for Fantasy Football now. So I've always done the fantasy therapy things, and I'm usually on the show on Monday. Wow, Liz replaced me on all those things. Mm-hmm. Is there, mm-hmm. is, there just, a, is there a hidden message? You got, you got a lot of extra vacation coming up, Mike. Yeah, uh, your schedule is pretty clear for the future weeks. Awkward. Awkward. Hey, have you ever done uh, any acting on the hit TV show Twenty Four? No. Oh, okay. Well, well, I watched it. I watched it. Does that count? <laughs> you, that does that. I watched might the, count, all of the episodes. Before.